You're listening to Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Here, we'll chat about all things marriage, motherhood, and modern home economics in all honesty. I'm your host, Maurice Young. Thank you, Marcia, so much for being a guest today on Young Honest Mother, the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, I've been wanting to talk to you for a while, as you know, so you know, just schedules that can be difficult to coordinate. So I'm excited that we're finally nailing this down. And I know that the work that you're doing is going to be so interesting to the listeners. So let's get into it. But before we do, who is Marsha? Well, I'm originally from Fort Worth, Texas. Um, Ah. My family come from a military background. So my, my dad was in the military. Okay. And then after I graduated high school, I went into the military and served in the United States Air Force and then traveled, of course, myself and uh, just along the way, just, you know, just overall with just having my children and just the different challenges with being in the military and moving and to being in a new place and just overall, just even just my my journey with just both my pregnancies and my postpartum experience just led me up to just out of frustration, wanting to support moms in some type of way. So just it's kind of like just to even just from my own frustrations of having children and just not feeling like I was educated is kind of what started my business. Wow. Well, first of all, thank you for your service. Thank you. I am curious. So did you have your first child while you were still in the Air Force? Yep. I actually, I have two children. One is 17 and the other one just turned five. So, oh wow. yeah. So my daughter, uh, she was, uh, I had my daughter like right after 9-11 happened. So that, that tells you kind of wow. how I am. <laughs> well, <laughs> That was a really interesting time. I actually was having a conversation with my sister-in-law about just kind of drawing some parallels in the sense of like what the community atmosphere is feeling like now in the midst of COVID-19 exactly. and 9-11. So that's that's interesting. What was it like to give birth right after 9-11? Um, I would say, I think uh, just when I was in the military, the job I had was kind of one of a critical position and okay. just with all that I had to do during 9-11, I, I found out a f- few months later that I was pregnant. And I think I, I tell, you know, people often just my background or just story with that was it was kind of like the world was in a state of uncertainty, of course, like even just now and just mm-hmm. not knowing was going to happen. And just even with my pregnancy, I really didn't have that moment to just enjoy the entire pregnancy because my job was so mission essential. And I was more concerned about the well-being of others instead of Mm -hmm. taking care of myself. So Mm. I think just, you know, even with that experience alone, just, you know, I think kind of once the dust kind of settled a little bit and after I had my daughter, it was just like, oh, my gosh, like, what do I do now? I felt like I totally missed any preparations for having uh, my first child because I was mm. focused on just all the events from 9-11. Right. I'm sure. 
And so once you had your daughter, who were you turning to for advice? Like, were you able to find support or community in those early postpartum months? You know, um, after I had my daughter, I wasn't, there was no one that told me that all the challenges that you would face during postpartum. I didn't know Mm. like that I would need tons of pads or that I was going to, you know, that I was going to bleed or that I was going to have, you know, have to adjust to breastfeeding. There was no one that told me these are the things that you're going to need to prepare for for postpartum. Mm-hmm. And um, I was far away from family, so it wasn't kind of like just anybody immediately could come down and, and help me with the baby. Mm-hmm. Um, my husband was uh, air traffic control, so it was kind of like his his work hours were were hectic. So I had a lot of time just being alone with my daughter, just feeling like basically not having any help. Long nights of no spin, just trying to figure out how I'm going to take care of myself and the baby. A whole experience was overwhelming. And, you know, I found myself just feeling like I wasn't doing what I needed to do as a mom. I felt really bad about myself. I don't feel like I'm a great mom or that, like, I felt like I was failing. And and just feeling like, oh, you know, maybe she would be better with somebody else kind of thing. And Mm -hmm. I did go for my six-week appointment. My doctor just told me, oh, you know, every mom experiences this. It's just the baby blues. And, you know, I talked to, of course, you know, coming from a black family and you you talk and share your experience or say, hey, this is how I'm feeling. I was told, oh, just pray about it. Just pray and it'll pass. And it was just like, mm-hmm. but just even the thoughts I was having, I was afraid to really talk to anybody or share. And I really honestly didn't know who else I could talk to, to share why I was, you know, just the thoughts I was having or why I felt the way I did. So it was very lonely and not feeling like I had any support with my first child. And how did you work through that? Did you eventually seek out like professional help or did you find a community of moms that you felt you belonged with or I'm curious about how you navigated that. It's so crazy because it seems like, you know, I mean, this was like almost, you know, of course, 17 years ago. And there really was no mom support groups like we have now. There wasn't like, I don't even think it was like the presence of just having like being able to go to like a therapist or mental health. You know, people were, you were told to like go to your church and talk to your pastor about how you felt, you know, kind of thing. So, you know, I did find peace being able to, when my my husband would get home from work, was just to get out the house and I would go for walks and go, you know, go on runs and just anything. I I found myself sometimes at two o'clock in the morning going to Walmart and just walking around Walmart, just like (laughs) some time to myself. So it was just basically over time prayer and just getting out and finding time to do something for myself that Mm-hmm. Pass, and then of course I didn't find out till later that it was postpartum depression. But nobody told me that these this is a possibility or this is what you can expect. So mm-hmm. it didn't sound like anyone told you what you could do, like what resources to seek out once you realized that you were having those feelings and those thoughts. Exactly, exactly. And I think mm-hmm. that's my mission and my goal. Just with cater to mom is 
to ensure that moms do have those resources, that they're aware of the things that are available, that there are lactation consultants you can talk to. There are postpartum doulas. There's, you know, a mental health therapist that focus on perinatal mental health care, you know. Right. So, and you mentioned your son is five years old. So in the time since having your daughter and then having your second child, have you noticed a shift within the motherhood space? Like, are you, did you notice that there were more resources available to you and more um, communities that were being offered to you as a new mom? Um, with my son, I felt like I got more help and was better educated during my pregnancy, but I still okay. didn't anything as far as postpartum care. So it was kind of just, I felt better prepared the second time around for my pregnancy and knew, okay, these are all the things I need to have for the baby, but still right. so like these, this is what you need to have for you. Um, even just with my, my son, um, I had a pretty quick labor with him, but the doctor last minute did an incision to get my son out because I, he was nine pounds and. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, later on when I got home from the hospital, um, I was of course in a lot of pain and I would say like. Two months later, like when you're supposed to be at somewhat feeling a lot better and healing, I was still in pain and having people mm. sitting down comfortably. And I'm like, something's not right. And so I had went to see my doctor and my doctor's like, oh, sometimes it takes moms a little bit longer to heal, um, but you'll be, you'll be fine. And I was sent home. Mm. My son by then was three and a half months old and I was still in pain. And I'm like, okay. This is not normal. Like, so I went back to the doctor and he tells me, oh, it looks like the incision that I made healed improperly. Wow. It's like, are you kidding me? So I ended up having to have corrective surgery. And once I had that, I immediately start to heal. But of course, then I being discharged from the hospital. I wasn't told like, oh, this is the incision your doctor did, you know, made. This is what you need to do to treat it, to take care, to make sure it heals properly, whatever. But right. told me that information. So I think by then it was just kind of like, okay, like, am I missing something? Is, am I just the only person that's not getting um, better information for my postpartum care? And then that's kind of what I what led me start writing a series of questions, and I put together a survey and I sent it out on Facebook. And just the overwhelming response from other moms was just like, I wasn't the only one that wasn't educated on postpartum care. Wow. So why do you think that postpartum conversations are often left out of the experience? Like, why do you think that we're not hearing about these from our our healthcare providers, our friends and our family members? Um, I honestly think that that was kind of maybe out of the spectrum for the type of care that we receive. I mean, we're so focused on making sure you have you have a healthy pregnancy and focused on ensuring that you have all, everything you need to take care of your baby. But now right. we're seeing more healthcare professionals that are specializing in postpartum care because they see that it is a need. 
And I think before then, it really wasn't something that like your your OB said, hey, like, oh, you need to, you know, consider your postpartum care too. That just maybe I don't think was a part of like that whole spectrum. You you know, it's besides just the six week appointment. Right. Yeah. And, you know, that's one single appointment that's, you know, not necessarily required, but that's recommended postpartum. And a lot is happening within those first six weeks. Exactly. And then a lot happens beyond those six weeks. Exactly. And it's like, we never really get any follow-up. There's not a lot of open dialogue usually between the healthcare provider and the new mom. And oftentimes just hearing from what you said in your stories, oftentimes women experience bringing up an issue to their healthcare provider and then being dismissed. Exactly. And, and, that creates a whole storm of emotions within the new mom and, you know, guilt, doubt, confusion can start to set in, which can complicate the postpartum experience even more. So it's, it's really fascinating to me to see um, how things are shifting. And, mm-hmm. you know, I, I don't even remember how I, I found your Instagram, but I'm so glad I did because what you do with Cater to Mom is so needed and yeah. it's so thoughtful and well-crafted oh, that thank you. I, I was like, I, I need to talk to her. So we've <laughs> mentioned it a couple times already. Can you tell us a little bit more about what Cater to Mom actually is? So Cater to Mom, it's um, a postpartum subscription box. And a lot of people, I think, kind of look at it as similar to similar other boxes where it comes with, it's like a postpartum recovery box, but it's more than that. Um, I wanted Cater to Mom not just to be just a recovery box, but more of a postpartum care support box. So because like we said, you know, so many things happen even well after the six weeks. Right. Mom, some moms can start experiencing postpartum depression three months down the road or four months or just, you know, different things change with just adjusting to uh, breastfeeding or weaning your baby off or going, returning back to work. There's so many things happen during that whole postpartum journey. So I didn't want moms to feel like they were just getting a recovery box and that be it. I wanted them to feel supported for however long they needed the support. So Cater to Mom focuses on the different challenges you face during postpartum. Each month I do a different um, type of theme. Oh, wow. For instance, they'll get a box that's focused on breastfeeding on the go. There's so many things people don't think about. Like moms don't, you know, when you're out and like, oh my gosh, like I need this or I may need a, a quick a manual like pump that I can take along with or having extra wipes or even like one of the box came with like a little nursing um, door hanger. So if you're out or at your work, different type of things like that, a box that was focused on sleep for mom and baby. So it had things to help mom relax and as well as to help baby sleep. So in tips on sleep, sleeping for the baby and for mom. So we're just, I'm thinking of things that, you know, and I'm getting the responses from other moms too on things that, you know, that concern them during their postpartum journey. So that kind of is how I come up with the ideas for different things. But moms are supported for however long they need support. There's really no timeline when it comes to postpartum. I completely agree. And I also, I think it's important to note too, that your postpartum boxes 
you do have different options that you can choose from. So if the mom is deciding not to breastfeed, then there's a bottle feeding option as well. Mm -hmm. Yes. And with the boxes, how do you decide what products to include and what brands to work with? Um, It varies. I kind of think about just first what my, uh, the theme is for the box. And then I kind of do a search and I actually get quite a bit of vendors that reach out to me and they send me samples. So I kind of already am ahead of the game when it comes to the boxes, because um, as I'm collecting samples, I'm testing the product. I have other moms that look at the product, too, and let me know what they think. So it's kind of like for me to, you know, I kind of have in mind already, Okay this product will be great for this theme, maybe two months down the road or something. So I'm kind of just kind of building a list as I go along. Um, one thing I that I'm strongly support is other women-owned businesses. So majority of the that goes in the box are made by women for women. So uh, I love that aspect of catering to mom. Um, and then of course, everything is natural, organic, non-toxic, vegan friendly. So, you know, we're looking at things as well as making sure that what goes in the box is healthy for mom. Mm-hmm. So what have your biggest lessons been in creating Cater to Mom? Um, I think the biggest lesson is just ensuring that I'm listening to the moms that I support. Um, that's my biggest thing is I just want to make sure that, you know, even me doing the thing that it is truly something that they need. So I mm-hmm. communicate with moms. Uh, one of the moms, um, that actually this month is her, was her last, her last box. So we were kind of like, oh my gosh, like he, and her subscription was for 12 months. So Wow. Just neat. Just being along with her, with her journey and her sharing with me just different things she, you know, dealt with during her postpartum journey. So it kind of helped me to ensure that I customized boxes that fit, that catered to her needs and just fit, you know, the stage she was in postpartum. Right. That's kind of just important to me is ensuring that moms aren't just getting just anything in their box actually had a customer that purchased a box uh, for her friend. And she said, because her friend had gotten a box previously from another company. And she said it was disappointing. And she said it was nothing in there that she needed Mm. could support her. And then when her friend ordered our box and sent it to her, she said she was just in tears. She said, because it was like, it was the most thoughtful gift, but it was actually things in the box that she truly needed, you know, to support her. Right. And I love the fact that there are people out there who are purchasing this box as a gift for a loved one, you know, of course the mom herself can purchase this, but I think what a lovely baby shower gift or postpartum gift in general to give someone like the gift of support and solidarity. Exactly. It's like the best gift for moms because you have baby, you see the baby showers and it seems like every, everything is for the baby. And it's nice, you know, because, you know, as moms, we, there's certain things that we need, you know, that others may get for us that we may not have gotten or even thought of, but it's still nice to know like, Hey, mom is also being thought about too. So it's a great gift for mom. And just 
you know, you think you have it. You have we have our own mental checklist as moms as we're nesting and preparing for the baby. But so people it doesn't occur to moms like, oh, I needed to plan for postpartum. So it helps to have a box that has all the stuff that they need so they're better prepared once they have their baby. Yeah. And I mean, I could have used this postpartum box myself. I definitely went through the experience of researching a lot about pregnancy and breastfeeding and delivery and all of that. So I was well-versed in what to expect there. Mm -hmm. But then once I left the birth center and we got home, I kind of felt like, are they really going to let us leave with this baby? Like, I have no right. idea how I'm going to take care of myself and this baby in our house. Also, like, what are we getting ourselves into? Yes. And that was really an experience that it really enlightened me to the fact that, for one, when I started talking more about my personal experience, I realized I was not alone, mm-hmm. that many women are out there feeling unprepared for postpartum and and what it means to become a mother. Exactly. Because there is such an emphasis on making sure the baby's safe and healthy, which of course that should be the case. But I think in that, um, the excitement of welcoming a new addition to the family, the mother herself can get lost in the mix. And right. without the mother in good health and in good spirits, it's going to be really difficult to to tend to that baby and tend to the marriage and tend to the household and all of those things. Mm-hmm. That's a lot. Definitely. So how do you juggle then running this business and then being a mom? Oh my gosh. It's, it's challenging some days. Definitely. Um, but I think just over, over this past year, I've learned like I have to, set a schedule and kind of stick to it so I can balance out time with my family mm-hmm. and make it, I make the time as far as with my business. I mean, there's, there's times that I get up maybe like five o'clock in the morning before everybody awakes just to respond to emails or something. And just for me, even just having self-care for myself, you know, I, I'm an, I'm an early riser. That's perfect for me for me to get a cup of coffee check my emails and just have my own little morning ritual before I start the day and stuff. And so once I'm done with that, I focus on just my family, you know, and getting them ready for school. And even in the evenings, if there's certain things that, you know, my daughter may need help with homework or dinner or, or just spending time with my family, I focus on that. And then once kind of everything's settled, everybody's gotten ready for bed, then I make that time to do things, you know, as far as the business. But they're like my biggest supporters. And, you know, my husband loves absolutely what I'm doing. Yeah. So they're like 100% on board. Whatever I need help with, they're there. My, even my little five-year-old, when it's time to prep boxes, he loves being able to put everything in the box. He's like, Mom, what's next? Oh. <laughs> so. Yeah, so he loves it. Loves he every time he knows that it's time to prep for boxes, he's just like, "What do you need help with?" So <laughs> it really is such a blessing to have your family support and something that you find to be so. It, it sounds like this is your calling. I mean, from what I'm I'm hearing, like you experience this postpartum, oh, yeah. um, you know lack of support and and realizing that you weren't as prepared as you wanted to be. And then you took that and you did something with it. And 
the fact that you are in constant conversation with your clients about what they need and then you're catering to that. I mean, you're doing exactly what your your brand is called. You're catering to mom. And it's so beautiful to to hear that your family is 100% on board and they're helping you to carry out that mission. Yes, yes. It's, and I think that's one of the things is extremely important is having the support from your loved ones because I've met so many different other business owners where it's, it, you know, as an entrepreneur, it's, it can be a lonely road at some time, yeah. sometimes, especially if you don't have the support of those, you know, your, your family and friends. So, so it definitely helps knowing that, you know, they're, they support me in doing this and, you know, and believe that even my husband says like, this is, this is a huge need. It's, it's a need. And what you're doing is being a blessing to so many moms. Hmm. So what's your vision for Cater to Mom within the next couple of years? My number one goal is to ensure that moms overall are just being better educated on their postpartum care. One of the things I'm, I'm focused on this year is ensuring that even before mom has her baby, that she's getting a, a Cater to Mom box. So I'm um, I'm looking into um, establishing business relationships with hospitals oh, no. and clinics um, so that that the box just had like when you leave the hospital, they give you stuff for the baby that mom is also getting a catered to mom box when she leaves the hospital yes. or in, in connecting with um, stores as well. So, you know, that's something that I'm focused on, too, is like baby registry. Mm-hmm. So when people sing a gift for the baby that mom has that option to select a cater to mom box. So just ensuring that moms are getting a box before they have their baby. So they're already prepared. That's so important. And I've actually had conversations with pregnant women who it's their first child. And I, I attempt to kind of bring up the postpartum to them. They're like, Oh, you know, I'll, I'll get to that when I get to that. And I understand it because it, it can be really overwhelming to even to contemplate that right. you're about to have a baby. Like it, it really, I remember finding out that I was pregnant. It it's so surreal. It's hard to even digest. But um, yes. at the same yes. time, the earlier you start to come to terms with the fact that there's going to be an experience waiting for you after the pregnancy, after the delivery of the child, and you can start getting prepared for it now, even though the baby's not here. And in fact, it might be a little bit easier because your hands won't be full with, you know, all of the duties of taking care of the baby and and everything else that you typically have to tend to as a wife, mother, um, homemaker, you can kind of set aside some time before the baby comes to, to start learning more about what postpartum can be like. Right. Right. I always tell people, I'm like, there needs to be a what to expect postpartum. Yeah. Like there, it shouldn't just be the third trimester. There's a fourth trimester that moms also should be preparing for the fourth trimester too. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And even I'm curious too, like, do you have any boxes or have you had any resources in any of your boxes that speak to the emotional component um, of becoming a mom and, and the emotions that can start to arise with that? Uh, yes, I do. Um, in the box, they get a postpartum care planning book. Um, I partner with a postpartum doula 
Um, And so she put together a book on just kind of like the things you should prepare for, even just how to communicate with family and your children with a new baby coming, um, meals and just just different things you don't think of, kind of like how you're preparing for nesting and you have everything for the baby. This book explains um, just what all you need to do to prepare before you have the baby. Um, Mm. I also include uh, kind of like an insert card that lists all the different resources that are available for moms. It lists different contacts you can contact concerning postpartum depression, uh, perinatal anxiety. There's I list different books that are helpful for the fourth trimester, patient on breastfeeding. So they get kind of a list of different important contacts that Mm -hmm. can support them. I also have partnered with other uh, medical professionals that offer virtual services. So I put their call wow. as well. So they're knowing that like they may not even have to physically go there. They can actually log on to the Internet or their phone and contact someone virtually um, and also include a post a book about postpartum depression. So. I'm ensuring that whatever resources I receive that is going in the box that I think that'll be helpful for moms. Yeah, that sounds tremendously helpful. It's I'm glad you shared that with me and with the listeners because it, it's just a lot to to go through. And so it's basically like you're doing all of the legwork for the new mom. You know, you're putting it into mm-hmm. one box, making it as simple as possible so that she knows exactly where to turn mm-hmm. when she needs some support. Yes. Everything's all there. Yes. And so for your boxes, can people purchase one box at a time or it's strictly subscription based? They have the option of purchasing a one-time gift box. Oh, okay. Yeah. And they can also purchase a month to month and it goes all the way up to 12 months as well. So they can do a month to month, three months, six months, um, nine months and 12 So they have uh, several options. We also have like a larger box that comes with like maybe 10 to 12 items if, you know, in that Mm -hmm. gift box as well. Also have a box called the Love Always gift box, which is the miscarriage box, because even with moms that have miscarriages, have pregnancy loss, um, ectopic pregnancy, just any type of loss. It's, you know, most mom people don't know what to say. Or mm-hmm. do when um, a mom has lost a baby. So together mm. yeah, a box to support moms there. And you you do go through a postpartum stage as well with loss. So right. So I just think it's important to support support moms in that aspect too. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought that up because I think there's there's so much that people in general are not talking about when it comes to the postpartum experience, but that's amplified even more right. so when the postpartum experience belongs to a mother who has lost a child. And like you said, yes. there's there's a lot of just not knowing what to say or what to do. And oftentimes that results in people not saying or doing anything. And that is a moment where the mom is feeling most vulnerable and could use the most support possible. And so exactly. I love that you're making it easy for people to to show up for their loved ones who have experienced loss by gifting them with a box that can help support them through that experience as well. Right. Exactly. That's really good. Um, okay. And one more thing. So I'm also curious too about 
you mentioned, you know, starting to get a box when you're pregnant. How soon would you recommend that a mom start their subscription with Cater to Mom? I would say probably a month before their due date. Okay. It's so funny because I've had so many moms reach out to me that say, hey, you know, I'm going to order my box this month or like, you know, and it's like, next thing you know, they end up having the baby like two weeks early or three weeks early. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) I've had like three different moms in the past month that ended up having their babies a lot earlier than they expected. Wow. Yeah. So it pays to be prepared. Yes. Due dates are funny like that, right? I mean, they're much more flexible than their name presents themselves to be. So for all you listeners out there, make sure you go ahead and add a cater to mom postpartum box to your baby shower registry or drop a hint to a friend or family member or sign up for a subscription yourself. You can use the code HONEST, H-O-N-E-S-T, for 10% off your purchase. And I'll make sure to include the link over in the show notes. So with that, as we come to a close, I'm curious too about any words of wisdom that you'd want to share with a new mom who is experiencing postpartum and they're really not sure where to turn for support? Um, I think it's important just for moms to know, like they always say, it's okay to not be okay. And um, to know that they don't have to suffer in silence, you know, as just from my own experience, it was lonely and I suffered in silence because I didn't know who to talk to. But even when you know that you're feeling feeling that way or feeling depressed or anxiety or just overwhelmed with just the whole experience of having a, a new baby and just adjusting to just even just the changes in your body, that to talk to someone, if it's um, your partner or or family member, but speak up and let somebody know this is what's going on. So that person can help or, or share with you with somebody else that can help because there's so many resources now available that no mom should, should suffer in silence, should be alone. So I think it's definitely important to, for moms to to speak up and not be afraid of what others might think because it's we need help. We can't do it alone. No, it really does take a village, as they say. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much, Marsha. And before we go, where can the listeners stay in touch with your work? Everything is catered to mom. Go on my Instagram, it's catered to mom. Uh, Facebook, it's catered to mom. Can email um, cater to mom or do Marsha, M A R S H A, at cater to mom.com. But if you Google cater to mom, I come up. Perfect. Thank you so much, Marsha, for all that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. Yay. And that's it for this episode of Young Honest Mother, the podcast, which means it's time for you to join the conversation. Share your thoughts on social media and tag me at Young Honest Mother. And then pass this episode along to friends and family who need to know that they're not alone on this journey either. Until next time, I'm your host, Maurice Young.